life's too short. And I, I would never have made this change if I had not made that change. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How you doing today? I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to the 41st episode of the Chris and Christine Show. Fantastic, the 41st. First episode, number 41. Hey, and, and this is your first time joining us today. Um, Christine and I are engaged. Yep, and, we are. We've been together for two years. And between the two of us, we have three kids that are all under the age of 18. Yep, we do. Three boys, and it is a wild household. I have two. And I have one. I have two little ones. And I have a teenager, and together it's fun. Yes, it, it is. And so we are using this podcast to share our journey and help introduce you to some very exciting people in the world. And stay tuned. It's going to be great. Yes, this podcast is our little baby and it's what we thought of doing together as a couple. Uh, kind of like therapy, kind of like fun. It's like our hobby. Some people like playing golf. Some people like riding motorcycles. We like podcasting. Yes, we like sharing podcasting, cracking up the mics. And it's been really, really fun doing this, figuring all this out. And and just recently, we were just interviewed on another podcast. Woohoo! Pod Clubhouse. Shout it out. We just published that interview this week. So go take a listen and subscribe to Pod Club house pod clubhouse they're a network of podcasts and they do interviews with other podcasts and authors to kind of get them out and uh kind of feel what their shows are about and it's like an interview thing you know it was really fun yeah and another big thing that we did this week is launched our website yes we did that was like a dramatic pause right there <laughs> i know our official chris and christine show com website is now officially up it's launched it's available it is amazing. Yeah, it's a place where you can find some content around our our podcast. You can listen to any one of our episodes. You can also learn about us as a couple and our family, watch some fun videos, read about our bios, and that's where we'll be updating you on the many adventures of Chris and Christine. So find us at chrisandchristineshow.com. And with that's K's. Chris and Christine. With a K. With a K. And uh, we look forward to seeing you over there. And so, and also, we'll probably put the uh, that website in the show notes, so you'll have it with you wherever you listen to this podcast. Yeah, definitely. And give us a shout out. There's a spot there at the very bottom of the website where you can click to be a guest. You could also just click it to send us a fun email. We'd love to hear from our listeners for show ideas, things that worked for you, things you'd like to hear more of. And so, without going any further on that, Chris, let's hop right into it for today. But, but one thing, really quick, I got I got to mention about the website. Um, we designed the website. To we, get, you, you were amazing. Okay. I personally, Chris designed the website and I built it myself without even knowing how to build a website. Yeah. You taught yourself. I was super impressed. It only took you like two hours well, to get everything yeah, together. But, but babe, you were telling me it would take like a year to design no, a website. No, I said I wasn't going to jump in and build a website for us until after I finished school. And so what that did is it allowed me to say, well, I'm not going to do it so that you would figure out how to do it on your own. Congratulations. It was all a trick. You did it. Thank you. I used, uh, <laughs> I set I, you up. Is <laughs> that what happened? 
Really? Maybe. maybe. Oh gosh. Well, I well I did design the website all myself. Did everything myself. I think it looks not great. everything. I mean, I did like little bits of. Well, here yeah, and I had there. some problems trying to figure something out. Like, how do you do this? Well, how does this work? Why is this not working? Um, trying to figure out all the uh, moving things around, different right. pictures you're allowed to use or whatever scaling. I don't know that junk. But not- anyways, it's beautiful. Like it's it made me cry. It's so pretty, and there's beautiful images of San Diego, our beautiful city, and other things that we've. Uh, kind of come up with along the way and so hop on over there but we have a lot of exciting things to talk with you about today and so chris what what else you got what happened in your life yesterday oh so yesterday oh gosh yesterday was saturday today is sunday we're recording this and so saturday uh, we were out with christine and i we had a lunch date our we w- first date in like four months so we went over to this uh, Mexican restaurant, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's so good. We they had margarita. Home. I had the Cadillac margarita. I and, had a strawberry daiquiri, and we had uh, I had the carne asada burrito. It was really good. And what'd you have? The uh, I had a burrito de la casa, but they make their own tortillas there, which I love so much because it's like so fresh, authentic Mexican food. Yes, it is. This is not tell. This is not Taco Bell for you people. <laughs> Don't knock them, but still, it it is very good, and it was fun to be out and about just together. And then what happened after we went to lunch, Chris? Well, after we went to lunch, we drove over to one of the uh, dealerships to look for Christine to think about maybe upgrading her car because she has a Camaro convertible, which really is only a four-seater, right? Right. And we have five of us. And there's five five of us, well, the kids. So um, the convertible, it's fun and all, but it does get kind of small. Yeah. So um, if it's just me and the kids, it's fine. Or if it's just me and Chris and two of the kiddos, it's fine. But if all five of us need to go somewhere, we're restricted to using Chris's truck or splitting it up into two cars, which isn't practical. Right. So then we looked at the Kia dealer and we were really looking at one of those new Kia Telluride's. Oh, they're so pretty. There are these SUVs. It got, I think it got SUV of the year. Yeah, it did. Um, last year, but Motor Trend. And the, but the funny thing is we go to the Kia dealer and they don't have any. Right. Because of the um, COVID phenomenon, they had to stop production. And so they haven't amped it back up. And so there was a timeline of about six weeks. And, you know, we're kind of those kind of people where we want to see something and we want to drive it around. And then if we're really hip on it, then we'll walk out with it that day because we can. Um, and I don't mean that to sound cocky, but, um, you know, not having it, they, they'd said that we could order it. And I, I love that dealership. So this is no knocking them. It's just the circumstances. But, um, you know, we just said respectfully to the the salesperson, like we would really love to, but, um, you know, we'll just keep your card and be back in touch should we decide to buy an SUV in the near future. Right, Chris? Right. Because we don't have an SUV. <clears throat> Between the three of us, uh, Christine has her Camaro convertible. I have my Ford F-150 four-door crew cab and my sports car, the 370Z. In the Which gra- the sports car seats how many? Two people. Yeah. Not practical. Right. It's, it's really not a practical car. It's like my sidecar, like my fun car for the side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the garage. As long as you have a sidecar and not a side chick we're good oh okay yes <laughs> for the sidecar <laughs> no. no i think it came with one actually no. <laughs> she pops out of the center console no. inflatable blows up no it's see. okay enough okay no. okay so enough of that but what we did was is that so we left that dealership and then christine told me no i didn't tell you oh she asked me i you, said hey chris do you want to go to the ford dealer because i know you were looking at a truck last week and you really wanted to show it to me and he said i said yeah i guess it's, it's uh-huh. No, you didn't. You go, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, I may, I may have said that. Yeah, I may have said absolutely. So that, so then let's we got time to kill. Let's go across town to the Ford dealer, just other side of town, maybe like five miles away. So we drive over there and we park and then we go over and I start showing her the trucks. 
And yep. what would you say? Um, I said, that's a hot looking truck. Well, there was a few to choose from in that style. Yeah. And so we we're looking at them and I knew they're on sale and I knew that. And la- you were like a kid their first time at Disneyland. You were like eyes big, like, oh, this is so cool. Like, look oh, yeah. at this and look at oh, this. Oh, yeah. When the salesman came out, of course, they always come out, you know, and there. And he was pretty cool, like cool as a ccumber. Yeah, like, he didn't Not, try, he not didn't pressuring try, or anything. Yeah, no pressure at all. He was very much like. Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Look at the trucks. Cool. Yeah, we want to look at this one. It's cool. Yeah. Um, he kind of showed. It was very casual about yeah, it. Yeah. Shout out to Reagan at El Cajon Ford because he was amazing. Yes. Shout out. And um, so we were there looking at it, and he opened it up. We got inside, looking inside, all the little features under the under the truck. It was a um, Ford F one fifty Roush package. If you don't know what that is, the Roush is kind of like the shelby mm-hmm. of the um performance packages there's only a couple dealerships in the city that actually are licensed to be roush dealers this one happens to be a roush licensed dealership so ladies for those of you that are listening the best way that i can think of it is it's like i would say the equivalent of like the coach purse of purses or like maybe like not quite louis vuitton but it's like almost there it's like a very nice bells and whistles version of a traditional ford truck that makes it more like an suv for a family than a work truck and then since i've already have a truck an f1 ford f-150 um crew cab already i'm very familiar with that vehicle um i've had it for i don't know what 10 11 years or something now no eight years Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. it's paid for it's been paid off it's in good condition and that's the thing i was kind of like, should I hang on to it more or should I try to buy something else? It's, you know, it's like my decision maker. I really loved my truck. I right. really, really loved it. And um, so I made the decision, finally made the decision to let that truck go and upgrade to the new Ford F-150 Roush off-wheel drive, four-wheel drive package. It's basically top of the line. Right. It took a while <laughs> to get there. Like, Chris, you're so cute when you're looking at a car because... You know, for everybody that's listening, one of the things that you might not know about Chris, we talk about like vacations and things like that. But he and I both had hardworking parents and we grew up with very humble beginnings and we both are very wise with our money and try to be very careful about not extending ourselves. We definitely live within our means. Chris is a zero credit card debt kind of person, pay everything off right away. And so um, and then he works really, really, really hard. Well, thank you, babe. Like. 50 plus hours a week, you know, a lot more than um, many people. And so he's looking at this car or this truck. And I think we talked about it last week yes, we on did. the podcast where we were sharing that, like, he, we agreed that we would wait 18 months. And then he was texting me and kind of obsessing over this truck. And so my thinking was like, he doesn't need my permission in our relationship. We're not like where one of us has more control than the other. We like to involve the other and be comfortable with decisions But as we were sitting there and I was really thinking through, like, I wasn't going to be selling my car. We really do need something that's a little bit more comfortable for us as a family for traveling. And a little more reliable, too, because my truck had, my my other F-150, it had 119,000 miles on it. Right. And Um, so, you know, the kids are getting bigger. They need a little bit more space. Well, it's it's a pretty good sized truck. It's the same size. But it it feels roomier inside. Hey, hey, I'm justifying it. Okay, okay. Okay, I I know, I know. So this is as I'm standing there and Chris is looking at it and... um, you know, he's not going to go and jump into something without a little bit of encouragement. And so I just asked him, like the salesman was super cool, like not pressuring at all. So I said, okay, Chris, 
bottom line, what's it going to take for you to walk out with this truck today? <laughs> well, she was becoming the salesman. I know. He's like, doing. do you want a job here? But, you know, we we talked privately. We asked him to give us some space and we looked over the numbers and um, we just talked about our household budget and where it would fit and whether or not it would be. What we didn't want is for it to create any type of stress on the financial aspect of our household. And so when we, we keep a budget, we have a spreadsheet, we looked at household expenses versus what comes in and tried to make sure that with all of the things coming up, like wedding and all of that, that it wouldn't impact it. And ultimately, like Chris said, he walked out with a new baby yesterday. <laughs> oh, I know. I got We got to post it on our Instagram or whatever. We'll probably do that soon. But uh, but yeah, I just, we walked out of there. And um, the be- I think what really sold it for me was the 0% financing. Right. That, that was re- really, really, because I've never had been able to finance a vehicle for 0%. Right. Like, literally, I looked in the uh, paperwork and on that little column that says finance charge, total finance charge after you pay the vehicle, it said zero. Like, Literally, I I'm not paying them anything for interest. Right, nothing, nothing. And and that's a really unique circumstance. And we know that not everybody's in that situation. We don't say that to brag, but I I give that actually as encouragement because both you and I, we went through messy divorces with a lot of financial implications, and we've worked intentionally over the last couple of years to rebuild credit to bring down debt to income ratio. And so you know, I was telling you last night how proud of you I was that because we made a decision. It's Chris's truck. He's going to be responsible for it. He financed it on his own because um, I eventually want to get an SUV for myself or the family. And so to as a partner, to be able to watch your partner walk in there and to claim one, claim hold of one of their dreams and to be there and cheer them on, like it was a really... I, I would say it was an emotional day. It was very exciting for me to see that for you. I was so, so happy. I am so, so happy for you. Oh, thanks, babe. And so we've named her. Oh, we did? Oh, okay. I forget what the name was. Jacob came up with the name. Oh, what was it? Omega. Omega. Right. Because the color of the truck is magma. It's like this lava. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. It's deep like, purpley brown in black the, in the, color. Yeah. In the cloudy day, it almost looks black. Yeah. It's beautiful. But, but in a sunshine, it, it's almost like this... The maroon color, like a maroon right. kind of red, but has the graphics on it and stuff and all that. It is the Roush package. It doesn't have the supercharger Roush, but it is the um, the suspension and all the bells and whistles and that stuff. Right, because that's the cost of a house. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we looked at the supercharger uh, version, which can run almost $100,000. Right. Uh, this is not that. <laughs> yeah, so that was super exciting. And then, um, you know, we've just been, over the course of this week, I've been working on gearing up for the wedding planning and got started with the invitations, which I'm really excited about. We made the decision because my friend gave me this really cool machine that can cut out all of the invitations to make them by hand because I love doing that kind of stuff. And then I'm super excited that shortly after we finish recording this, we're going to go shopping for wedding bands. And then what I didn't tell you, Chris, what I was doing this morning morning when I was on the computer, what I was doing was all of the initial application for our wedding license in Hawaii. Do Is it too early to do it? Nope. You can do it up to a year in advance so that when we show up, all we have to do is show them the confirmation number, our birth certificates, our divorce decrees. But they, but they do it in Hawaii though, right? Yeah, but I did it all in, online and paid for it for us already. So all we paid have to do- Paid for what? Just the application fees? Yeah. So that when we go up, there's no exchange of money. We show them our number, show them our paper, and it- 
cuts they, cut to the front of the line we're done well i don't know about front of the line but it cuts it i mean it would take less do you than, get free drinks with this no the, a, a rum punch a, i mean a, i i'll bring something in my tie? purse how about i bring something in my purse and how we'll about, toast don't they give you like a mai tai and a pineapple <laughs> no. that's, that's what i want <laughs> at the or at, they lay you with a lay okay that sounds really inappropriate well, no but. like they lay you with a lays like get off the airplane you know they do that when you get married? We're, that's not getting married. It's just getting the license before well, we get married. they should do that too. Come on. They should give you something. <laughs> but anyways, we're making big progress with the wedding. And it's super exciting that, you know, we're cautiously optimistic that the 14-day quarantine in Hawaii will be lifted by November. It will be? We're cautiously optimistic. Oh. We're hoping that it will. Well, it's not yet. We don't know yet. Not yet. But we're planning forward. Because that would suck. You know, I heard people were getting on the plane, flying over there, and they were like, 14-day quarantine. Turn around, put back on that plane, send me right back home. Yeah. And they were going there and flying right back. Well, we're watching it closely, but we're starting to make plans. And for me, that's super exciting because we'd been just in a pause for a while. And so those are the exciting things that have been happening in our family this week. And yeah, so what else is coming up in the show today, Chris? Well, coming up next, speaking of trucks and buying new trucks, we have a truck driver who's just about to retire. But before he did that, he was also a CEO. Yeah, he was a businessman. And then he committed his life to, well, we're not going to give you all the details. You're going to have to listen in next to hear all of the fun. Right, Chris? Right. He's on right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. And welcome back, everybody. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. He is currently traveling back and forth across the country. He is a CEO turned long haul trucker and has a super fascinating story. Let's give Michael Trufant a big warm welcome to the Chris and Christine show. Breaker, breaker, one night. I'm glad to be here. Hey, 10 4, good buddy. How you doing? <laughs> we got the hammer down. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Now you guys are already starting the trucker lingo. I, I have no clue about this world other than the fact that Chris looks really cute in his, his truck. So. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now you're bragging. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Michael. We're super excited that we get to finally meet you virtually. And uh, you have a super interesting story. Let's hop right into it if you're okay with that. I'm glad to. Let's go. So, so Michael, where, where are you coming to us from today? So right now I'm in Orange Park, Florida, right outside of Jacksonville in Northeast Florida. Oh, there you go. Uh, what is the, I always ask everybody this, but what is the weather like today over there? <laughs> it is in the mid-80s. It is gorgeous. It is sunny. And I just finished uh, feeding the chickens and, and taking care of their water supply. So it's, it's, been, it's a good day outside. You say chickens? Are you like on a farm? Well, I am. And that's kind of part of the story I'll fill you in on. But last yesterday evening, I was down at the beach. And today, I'm on the farm. Okay, wow. now, if you live near water, do you have gators near you? Because I've heard oh, yeah. that they're everywhere in Florida. Not, I'm from Louisiana, which has lots of gators. And there are lots of gators in Florida, but I haven't been here long enough to really know if they're here yet. So I just I skip daintily through the bushes to make sure that I don't run again into one. <laughs> oh, so yeah. how long have you been living in Florida? So I really, this is again part of my story, really only kind of came back down here uh, last fall. And so um, so I've been in the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina, and part of my whole life change in doing trucking was included a move. And so, uh, so it's kind of quite part of the story. Well, let's talk about that life change. So I was reading a little bit about you, and it says that you are a CEO 
turned long haul trucker. And that seems like a pretty dramatic move. Let's talk about your life before trucking. What did you do? Well, uh, many, many years ago, I was a news photographer in television, did news, was a cameraman and covered fires and storms and uh, press events and the whole deal. After that, I went and was CEO of Cellular One, which then was a brand new wireless company, a $20 million wireless company in Baton Rouge for some, 20, for some 13 years. And really since then, I've done a number of different businesses, including consulting and entrepreneur and just done different things. And I still today own a video production company and I kind of shoot video when I want to do it. And I kind of don't shoot video when I don't. And uh, was had moved uh, to Florida a couple of years ago in 2010. Then I moved to Asheville, North Carolina for the mountains, loved it. And uh, about a year ago, thought I needed a life reset. So uh, I tend to be a creative person, but nobody saw this one coming. A life reset, huh? Wow. You know, you know, I, 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 I kind of was doing my deal, waking up every day doing stuff. And, you know, I just, I, I didn't feel like I was living my full potential or, or getting what I needed to get out of life. So I, I decided I had worked, one of the jobs that I'd done a few years ago was in the healthcare industry. And I dealt with the industrial safety division of a healthcare, which was CPAPs and began dealing with the uh, trucking companies. And so, uh, so that's how I got my first introduction into trucking. And so you made a transition about how long ago into the trucking industry? So April of last year, I uh, decided I was going to do a huge major life change. I went to CDL trucking school for four weeks, uh, graduated and went and drove on the open road for a year now. And uh, um, you know, nobody saw that coming. It was, it was, there's a lot of components to why I did it, but basically I really just wanted, I didn't think my life, I could change it or improve it incrementally. So I did a big change that no one saw coming and almost me. So what is it that you were hoping to get out of your life as a trucker? You know, I had no clue. I, I had never been an 18-wheeler before a year ago. I had never thought about it. And I, as I said, I sort of came in touch with truckers the, the year before. And um, I was speaking to a colleague of mine in the industry, and he said, I said, you know, I'm on a life change. And uh, I changed my wife, my life, my everywhere I was, my home, and literally decided uh, in, in part of my faith path and said, I'm making a big change. So, um so I decided that that was the kind of change that I needed. And um, I just decided that, again, changing a job or moving here or doing there wasn't going to do it. I really needed a pretty dramatic opportunity, quite honestly, to spend some time alone with myself and to look at who I was and where I wanted to go, what my faith was. Um, so I literally, I didn't want to rent an apartment and I didn't want to have to spend all the money. So my friend said, you know, Go drive a truck. You don't have to have an apartment. You don't drive your car. You have really no expenses except for meals, and you get to see the country. So it was a radical change, but that's what I did. That is fantastic. What a change. And bravo to you, man, because a lot of people will just stay on the same. They'll be working the McDonald's for, you know, now they become manager their whole life, and they, you know, where do they go, you know? It was terrifying to think about being on the road by myself for a year with myself which probably drove me to say I need to do it because I just, you know, there were just some components of my life. I felt selfish and just everything wasn't clicking. And I just felt like I needed a shakeup. And there you go. There's a shakeup. Yeah, that's super interesting. So as you were alone with your thoughts, what were some of the biggest aha moments or epiphanies that you had about life? 
Well, I was a lot more, I was almost as selfish as I thought I was, but, um, you know, I got out on the road and, you know, everybody has baggage, everybody has stuff. And I just felt stagnant. I didn't feel like I was moving ahead. I just was stuck. So I really, it's kind of like being in a hurricane, covering lots of hurricanes. It's sort of rescue, recover and rebuild. And the first few months, I really just sort of relaxed. Of course, how do you relax trying to pick up back up a 53 foot trailer which was horrifying easy, man anybody could do that <laughs> yeah yeah with with three feet on each side and so i think that kind of kept me occupied but literally for about the first three months it was really just rescue just you know get out there focus don't try and figure everything out just relax and get centered and kind of get all your garbage off of you and that's really what happened was my first aha the second was sort of recover and it was why, you know, what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be? I'm 62 years old. I've been, you know, in a traditional setting most of my life. And, you know, what do I want to do? So here I am seeing the country every day, gorgeous sunrises, sunsets, navigating the roads. And it was a time to just sort of reflect and think about what I wanted to do. I listened to audiobooks, I listened to satellite radio, I listened to podcasts, and really just sat and thought about it. And then the last three months, um, was really sort of okay rebuild where you know I now have I think more direction and um, I'm much more peaceful and much more quiet my faith is 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 radically changed in a good way and so I'm I'm quieter I'm, I'm less ADD and uh, I'm I think I'm in a really really good place well that is awesome now you said you were uh, you lived in the south right you were from the south correct when you, when you went on your first uh, full year cross country uh, this country's got a lot of crazy weather that uh, we had, I don't really experience because <laughs> I live down south too um, what was that like going through those bad weather places well going into trucking was as I say getting out on the skinny branches my first fear was backing up and driving an 18 wheeler. And I finally, since I started sort of in, in May, June, I had a number of months before winter. And I, okay. told, I told my trucking company, look, I'm from New Orleans. I'm from the south. Right, I, you, know, right. you know, you really don't want me up north because they're based out of Wisconsin. And I said, you really don't want me up in slippery and yeah, ice what, in the what whole place. What are snow place. chains? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. The good thing is they, they didn't let me go over the Rockies because they were smart there. But they said, you know, you're going to figure it out. And that's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I went from being an executive manager, feeling good, building people up, this, that, and the other, to now I'm a trucker, and it's get her done. There are no excuses. You don't get sick. You, you're, you're working 14 hours a day. You drive at 11, and you just you get it done. And they said, look, dude, that's what it's all about. You'll figure it out. And so I was terrified. I was very, very nervous about driving on ice. You see the videos, you oh, see yeah. what's out there. And so, but you know, I, I said, you know, I'm probably not the first Southerner to be out here. I asked for Southern routes during the winter and they just said, not happening. So oh, man. they just said, man up and get after it. And you know, it was all part of the experience. For the first time, I hadn't really been an employee since probably the nineties. And so, you know, I now was in a position of taking orders and it was, it was very humbling to do that. But, you know, you just don't have excuses. You just get it done in the trucking business. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I'm so glad that you answered the question before I was even able to ask it about what it was like moving from a role where you were a white collar executive and now being in what some people refer to as a blue collar industry. I view it as an essential industry, especially in our current world. But um, can you tell us a little bit more about what that shift was psychologically from you being boss man, head honcho to 
uh, driving for another company all yeah. day long? Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question. When I first started, I went, "Well, how about we do this? And is there a better way to do this?" And they had they wanted no part of that. I mean, of course. this is like you know, hurt them up. This is what it works. And I was just I was really frustrated because I said, you know, there's a better route we can take. Well, what if we do this? And if we you know if we get the energy up and get motivated. And like I said, they had no interest. I was so far out of my comfort zone, and I really just had to come to grips with, okay, I'm an employee. I now take orders. I don't argue with them. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, they've done this for years. They've got it figured out. It isn't, you know, it isn't my style, but it was really part of this very dramatic change. And, and you know, the white collar to blue collar really wasn't, I didn't think about that, but it sure hit me in the face. And I have a real respect now for employees that I probably didn't have before, but it was, it was really very humbling. Did, um, you don't mention the name of the company, but was a major trucking company you went to work for? Yeah, it's a mid-sized, large, large established fleet. Okay, okay. So as you were hauling things across the country, what types of products and did you transport? Well, uh, a lot of it was groceries, a lot of paper. Um, it was fabulous. I'd go up to northern Wisconsin, up where they cut the trees, and then go up to the mills, and I would take, you know, large large pieces of bulk paper. I mean, rolls that were, were 20,000 pounds each, I mean, or, or 20 tons, you know, five or six of these rolls would fit into a 53 foot and take 80,000 pounds out. And then I'd take it down to a processing plant or big printers and newspapers. So I did a lot of paper. I did a lot of groceries. I did a lot of uh, food for distribution centers for all the big players. And, you know, every day was different, which is what I really liked. You know, they have in the trucking world, you can do sort of dedicated routes or, or just over the road. And I really chose to say, send me anywhere, give me anything. And I, everything from toilet paper, which obviously has been a big commodity these days. And, um, but, you know, grocery food, uh, no produce. I didn't have a refrigerated truck. I had a, it's called a dry van, but canned goods and the whole play. And, and every day I get a new order and it could be steel. It could be auto parts. It could be groceries. It could be plywood. It could be anything. And then that was part of the fun. I mean, every day was, you know, my computer would go off and say, here's where you're going. This is how many miles. This is where you drop it. And, uh, that was, it was really, really fascinating to see where, where, where it went and what I carried. That's super interesting. Now, you said a term that Chris has mentioned to me a number of times because I think oh, yeah? that, that I, I think I've mentioned before that Chris drives a truck too, but he's a short haul local driver. But you said over the road, and I had never heard that term before he and I started dating. So there's, I, I always thought it was called long haul trucking, but you said that it's over the road versus what? There are a lot of different terms for it. So there's really sort of three is local daily where you pick up and deliver local. There's regional, which is, you know, if you stay in that area and you, you're out probably six, seven days or you go over the road and you're out there anywhere from 11 days to, to as long as you want. So I had basically I took the 11 day route. I had every other weekend off and um, I drove for, you know, as long as 30 days. But some people do it 60 or more. Um, but I, the over the road is over the road. You don't know. I may go to Houston one day. I may be in New York one day. I may be in Georgia one day. Doesn't you just you know, you're kind of you're out over the road. You're living you're, you're in a truck with a sleeper and that's your life. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, you say it, most of because uh, I've only worked local. You know, I've only worked mm -hmm. here in San Diego. Uh, I back up to L.A. down, but that's all kind of local. You know, right. um, day cab type of stuff. No, nothing over the road. 
And uh, when I got out of trucking school, when I was in trucking school myself, I went to a program. It was called ROP. It was a regional program. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have it anymore because uh, the state couldn't afford to do it or whatever anymore, I guess. And it was a free program, but it took an entire year for the course. Um, one semester was book books and um, schoolroom, getting your um, you know getting your uh, test done and all that. And the second half was actually prepping you for the actual road road along right along exam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a year course. I did that. And most people go straight to over the road. I had a job already lined up locally. Now, a lot of the guys in my industry go over the road first, then right. they land local jobs. Do right. you see a lot of that when you're uh, out there? Yeah, that's generally the trend is they like to put you out on the highway, put you out on the road. I was with a trainer for a period of time, and then they gave me my own truck. And it was my truck. Nobody else's. It was a brand new 2020. Cascadia made, nice. by, made by Mercedes. That was like a Learjet. It's, and let me tell you, it was automatic. It had reverse, forward, oh, and that was it. Now, yeah. 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 Well, so I didn't really need to worry about shifting and all that kind of stuff, but there was a lot to learn. But um, you go out on the road and they like you to do, you know, you like they like you to do six months to a year. So right. 60 to 120,000 miles. And then once you really do your first year, lots of opportunity opens up. And right. so, and do it that way. Right, right. So as you traveled along the road across this beautiful nation of ours, big question for you. What were your favorite truck stops? Oh, well, you know, the world's largest truck stop is in Iowa. That's and where so, it is. Yeah. I, I tell Christine, I know there's a big one somewhere. I just don't know where it is. Yeah, big on I eighty. It's a big truck, so you got to kind of go as a museum and everything else. Um, and so, you know, there, you know, I, I did so many different routes. I didn't have a lot of normal ones. Um, and but truck stops are a whole lot different, as I understand it, from years ago. They're really clean. There, you know, you get a, a member card. You know, at, at certain ones, we got free showers, and they really clean them and they really take care of them because you know, for the last few years, it's been hard to get drivers, and they really appeal to them. And um, it's so, uh, you know, and to be perfectly honest, I normally did not sleep in a truck stop at night. A, it was crazy. It was, I mean, it really is 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 a Chinese fire drill. Oh, um, it's late. There are no spots, and so I really went to um, rest areas, uh, welcome centers in states. It's clean, it's consumer, there's plenty of spaces to park. You can pull straight through, uh, picnic tables, and I, I canned my meals and did keto and, and everything else. So I, would, I carried pretty much everything with me. So in the morning, I'd get up. When I had to take a 30-minute required break, I'd jump in, take a shower at the truck stop or, or when I was fueling. But otherwise, I would try and do rest areas. They were lovely. I picnicked all the time. It was great. What so great in January, but it's it's a uh, it, it's it's really a comfortable place. So it was it was I didn't do a lot of truck stops, but again they're and they're more world's biggest sort of happening. Um, there's one outside of uh, Charlotte that is has a bowling alley and all kinds of stuff, and it's it's kind of wild, but it's it's an interesting industry. Yeah, I've never had to do that. I say, I've never gone over the road, so I've I've only been local. I mean, right now I, uh, I deliver gasoline, right. and it's all local, you know, and right. we're pretty, kind of slow right now because of the industry, obviously. Yeah. But uh, but my company, I actually work for the oil company directly, so so we're doing pretty good. We're, we're pretty busy. It's a it's a you know it's a it's a fascinating industry, and I'll tell you, just kind of bring you back is what what was my biggest aha. The fantasy of truck driving was that I would see the Grand Tetons, the Grand Canyon, and the and Disney World. The reality is, is that I'm going to see the exit sign for the Grand Tetons, the Grand Canyon, <laughs> and Disney World. And there, there was a lot of that. But I have to tell you, seeing the country 
was wildly patriotic. I mean, to see the fields of Iowa, to see the Berkshires and the mountains up in the Northeast, to go through the Shenandoah Valley, to go through Central Florida, to see the sunrises and sunsets that I saw every day was absolutely incredible. I mean, and it, and you see the little salt box houses up in the Northeast and the Amish and the, the small towns and, and also the factories. You know, we would go to, to manufacturers and factories that in their heyday must have been incredible and are now only shells for storing. Oh, and wow. you really, you really, you know, you think about, you know, it's kind of the old movie where it comes out of black and white and comes alive, what it would have been like on that sort of a Titanic play. And you, you sit there and you go, gosh, or you see the town that used to be a very vibrant town and it's empty because the, the you know, the, the, the business has gone away. So you have lots of time to look at lots of main streets and those that are trying to, you know, get it going. And, you know, because we go, we run a lot of interstate, but we run a lot of secondary roads because avoiding tolls and it's actually less traffic. But you see incredible fields of grain and snow out on the fields and the north woods. And it was the most incredible free tour. And there are places that I'd love to go back to. But as a, as a trucker, the most wonderful thing was quiet with a cup of coffee. I got to see um, an incredible United States that, that made me more patriotic than I could have ever thought I'd been. That is fantastic. Now, yeah. speaking of traveling to different places, is there any cities that you really, really enjoyed delivering to or picking up from? Uh, you know, a lot of the distribution centers were out of town. And, of course, the big cities, you know, I hate driving through Atlanta. I hate driving through Chicago. I hate driving through New York. But there were a lot of places along the way, you know, that we had a lot of manufacturers who were back out in the middle of nowhere who, um, great little roads. I mean, up in the Northeast in New York, I'd go pick up in the, the most quaint little places. And, um, you know, there are hundreds of them. There's no favorite, but the big cities, you know, and it's really been nice with COVID because it's been a pleasure to drive through all these cities. Right. But, but the, um, but you know, it's any and all, you know, I'd go up through Niagara Falls again. I'd go out to the Berkshires. I'd go, you know, I'd go back to the North woods of Wisconsin and upper peninsula in a heartbeat. Um, I love Florida. So I'm down here now and, uh, in Shenandoah Valley. I mean, I just, you know, I understand why people get in RVs and the nice thing is, is that I don't have the RV, but I, but I got paid to drive. I didn't have to pay to drive. Yeah, right. Totally. Right. I always thought going on the road was like going out, like being in a, RV, but you get paid for it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll disclose, and and the what tripped me into all of this was that I, I'm getting divorced, and so I was getting separated. And so for a year, I have to, you know, I have to kind of figure things out as I do that. And you know, you kind of hate to say this, but if if anybody unfortunately ever looks to divorce and they can't afford it. Um, you know, I packed up 12 months of everything in my truck and I really had no expenses. And so it was a, it was a really economical way to go see the country. And, you know, obviously separation is not an exciting time. It's a lot of time to think about things and look at things. And so part of that journey was, was that, um, I got to really think and, and reflect and to see the country and to keep your mind off of sitting in some apartment in town with having to buy internet with a rented couch or whatever, um, you know, it, 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 it made sense that there's a point in life where, you know, you just kind of can't go on. And when you make the call, you know, this guy, this colleague of mine said, man, go drive a truck for a year. He goes, you don't have to have an apartment. You get to see the country. You don't have expenses. And uh, you really get to think it out. And so while tactically I did those things, uh, it really was a great time to reflect and kind of look at what I wanted to find. 
I can really relate to that. And uh, a little bit of Chris's in my background really connects with what you're saying. Both of us in our previous relationships, we've been divorced and, you mm-hmm. know, we found love again. And, uh, but the time before that, <laughs> when I was just coming out of my uh, previous relationship, uh, I had that pivotal moment similar to you where a door opened up for a new opportunity and it gave me the chance to move away from everything that I knew by myself. And so I did find myself in a brand new city um, alone with no mm-hmm. friends and no network. And right. like you said, I didn't have a truck to hop into and drive around in and, and be mm-hmm. with my thoughts, but I did have I did have that apartment that was separated and there is something really important, I think, for people when they come out of relationships, whether they've been married or just in a long-term relationship, to give yourself that cushion of time to, like you said, reflect, recover, and to figure out what that next step is instead of just jumping into whatever presents itself like another relationship. So kudos to you for taking that year to just focus on you. It's funny, and, and you're exactly right. And and when I started, I had a few people on a Facebook group who, who who I said I'd share kind of what was going on, thinking that there might be interesting. It's funny, a year later, I have 780 people that wow. I know who are in Trufin's now farming group, but it's Trufin's trucking journey. And every morning, I put up sunrises and sunsets. And it's funny, I, 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 I'm, I'm retiring, I'm pulling out of trucking, I'm keeping my license, but I've decided with COVID, I'm just going to take some time off and sort of reflect. And I've met somebody down here in Florida, and I'm down here kind of working on rehabbing a farm with her for a while. But it really is fascinating to see the sights that you see, the reflections that you have. And you're right, you know, divorce and, and separation is, is no party, but you need time to to recover, re, you know, re, what do you say, recover um, rebuild and, and, and get done. And that's what I need to do. And I'm a thousand times healthier emotionally, spiritually, and mentally than I think I've ever been. That's awesome. So what is going on now with the next step of your life? You mentioned earlier, but, but the farming thing. So I said I was going to drive a truck for a year, and that was the strategy for, for this separation. To, to, that's what I was going to do to take care of myself for a year. So I came down to Florida, and we have a, a, a parking yard down here in Jacksonville, and I could go anywhere I wanted for my three days off. They'd route me there. I said, I want to go to Jacksonville. I kind of started hanging out at the beach and really liked it because I'd been in the mountains and, and went to a meetup.com Friday night singles dance thing. Oh, and, there you go. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was a disco, the boogie freaks, and it was disco, and I'm 62 years old, and I'm still a lot of fun and have, t- tend to think I'm a 27-year-old, yeah. and, and met some people and had a wonderful time and met somebody, and um, she is a widow, and she has has a family homestead farm that in the 50s was 20 acres is now down to 10 acres and she's got an acre and it's a gorgeous place in 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 Jacksonville outside of Jacksonville which is used to be in the middle of nowhere but is now in the middle of 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 urban sprawl and it's a beautiful space and so we met and got into relationship and and so I'm I'm a farmer now so that's the other last thing no one would ever suspect me to be (laughs) And so I, um, I, we've been, I've been, we planted garden beds and we actually had our first salad today that came completely from the farm. It's amazing. Organic, huh? 
Yeah, it's all, you know, we're keto and we do it well, except for bluebell ice cream, which is a bad <laughs> habit. But we're, um, so we're, we're looking at this place and seeing what can we do. So I feel like, you know, Green Acres and um, it's, it's really, it, and, and now I'm connecting to the earth. We have a little sanctuary that we've built and we do our morning prayers and it's just been, you know, my life's a whole lot different. Everybody who knew me a year ago, I'm, I'm a very different person. And, and so, um, so it's, I, I'm now, so now everybody's gone, really trucker to farmer and uh i love it so i've changed trufant's trucking journey on facebook if anybody wants to go to it it's now trufant's farming journey and uh i get up and show beans and chick water i just went and fixed the chickens and put that up there and so it's a uh again i'm, I'm out on the skinny branches of life life's too short and and you mentioned michael that you met your partner at a meetup is that correct I did. We're in relationship. I don't know, you know, and, and, and it was a meetup. Yeah, it was a social gathering. That's awesome. And I, like I said, I connect a lot with your story because that, that was my story too. Uh, <laughs> when I came to San Diego, the first time I met friends was at a meetup. And so I think that for singles, being able to put yourself out there and doing something that you wouldn't necessarily typically do is a fun opportunity. For me, it was a trigger to build friendship. For you, it was to find love. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, um, you know, I, I was I was separated, so I really wasn't looking for love. And I was looking for community and relationships. And I did plenty of fish, and boy, it just, you know, I just didn't feel it. And I had done meetups for years and business stuff and things like that. And I just said, okay, look at meetup. And there was a 45-plus singles group, and they had the Boogie Freaks Disco group, which was a <laughs> lot of fun. There you and go. So, so, you know, Michael Jackson and everything going to Earth, Wind and Fire right where I live. You know, it's either the Eagles or Earth, Wind and Fire in my life. And so I showed up and met some really nice people and it was just great. And now here I am living on a farm in relationship and just really loving life. And so we're on the farm all the time. But every Thursday afternoon, we go down to the beach, which is 45 minutes away. And I go from country farm to beach. And uh, we go down and put our sunglasses on and have pizza and beer and walk down the beach every Thursday. It's gorgeous. I love that so much. It sounds like such a fun life and oh. uh, just sounds like such an evolution from where you've been to where you are now and just a beautiful journey. And with yep. that, we know that there are so many people in the world that uh, whether it's because of life circumstances because of the impact of COVID find themselves wrestling with what to do next with their life in general. What would be your advice for those that find themselves at that, that turning point like you had? I, the principle that I really believe in is that you can't make big change trying to do incremental change. And, uh, you know, it took, uh, you know, stupidity, bravery, courage, whatever they call it to, to make that change. But, um, and I, I don't call myself courageous for it. I was, you know, as you've been there, it's, it's a survival play. Right. And, and it's the tech that I took. And so, and I got so much more out of it. And I don't know the trucking's it. And there are a bazillion women who are going to trucking. And, and let me tell you, it, it is, it's great whether you're male or female. All the old stories are going away. But the big piece is, is that you just can't make incremental change. And there's a point where if it's not working for you, um, you know, you can't, you can't listen to everybody else. You can't listen. You can't be pushed by what the popular feeling is or what you should do. Um, life's too short. And I, I would never have made this change if I had not made that change. And uh, I never would have imagined where I am, but I, I, I can't ever say that I've ever been happier. So it's a, um, you know, take the big step. It's, you know, 
The worst that can happen is you fall into faith. The worst that can happen is, is that you can't be any worse off if you're really hurting and in pain. So if you got to make the decisions, you know, play big. That's amazing. And so if people want to follow along with your journey, if they want to learn more about you, where can they find you through social media and other channels? Well, the best thing probably is to, um, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook, Michael Trufant. Um, it's, uh, and the best thing to do is if they want to is join Trufant's farming journey and watch it and they connect there and see me. But that's kind of where I'm living life and people can find me there and, uh, or it's michael.trufant at Gmail. But, um, you know, it's, Facebook is really the best. I'm too old to do all the other stuff. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? I'm, you don't, I'm, you don't I'm on, I'm on <laughs> Well, I'm on, I'm on Twitter at, 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 at at M Trufant, but um, go to Facebook and go to Trufant's Farming Journey and uh, join the journey and come watch. And you can go back and look. You can see the whole year of trucking. And I, I tell you, the photography is incredible in terms of what to see. And watch the farming piece. Uh, a national uh, agricultural broadcast group just put out our uh, did a piece on us today and put it out on their RF, wow. RFTV. DTV. A friend of mine in the business said. Wow, what a transformation. So the title of the story this morning was Country Boy, uh, City Boy Turns Turns Farmer. So um, life is, you know, who knows what's ahead? And, and I got to tell you, God's in charge. You just got to get still quiet so you can hear him. My, my pastor said years ago, if you just shut up long enough, he'll tell you what you need you to do. I love that so much. And on that note, we want to thank you so much for joining us and for inspiring our listeners today. And we wish you the best of journey and the richest of soil that you would have an abundant harvest. Well, thank you guys. It's, you know, what a great podcast and, and everybody ought to listen to it. I love y'all's mojo. I love your attitude and I just love being here. So it's, you know, on the road, on the farm, wherever it is, breaker, breaker one nine, we got it done. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. We appreciate you coming on today. God bless. Thank you. Hey guys, what's up? It's the J Boy Show. I'm Ezekiel. And I'm Jacob. And I'm Mason. And don't forget to listen to our new odd podcast on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it is. We and talk about sports, motors, engines, and all kinds of stuff. And Even YouTubers. Stuff and YouTubers. So don't forget to subscribe and listen in every Sunday. All right, and keep moving forward. Keep forward. Forward. I really loved that interview, Chris, and I really liked how Michael was talking about how going on his truck journey was like a good break for him about like recovering from his divorce. And I think it really connects with what we were talking about before we went into that with like how your truck has been, you know, just a, a good opportunity for you to show how far you've come. Right. And it was kind of funny, speaking of you said that when I was at the dealership, the, um, the salesman, I was talking to the salesman when they ran my credit. Mm -hmm. now, not to brag, it's very good, but it would never, it didn't used to be. And when I bought my other truck, it was not good at all. And um, to go from what I had to what I have now, uh, even just credit wise, is a big accomplishment. He even was like saying that's a really big accomplishment because most people come in the dealership, they've got tons of debt and right, bad even credit married score. couples, yeah, yeah, and they and they like want to buy a new car and they're like, what do you get clean this up for? We can do it, but it's gonna cost you, right? You know, so that was a really big moment for me. Uh, yeah, I and I think that so much of that, and just like Michael was saying, is dependent on like taking the time after you go through a divorce um, or a breakup 
to really take care of yourself mentally, physically to get yourself back in good shape. And like he was sharing, you know, he ended up finding the love of his life after or during his trekking journey. Right. And he, he went to, into farming and he's doing something different now. Right. But he did the hard work of, you know, soul searching and figuring out what his priorities were and getting finances situated. And I just applaud him so much. And I applaud you and myself. So pat on the back oh, for as far, go, as far as we've come. You know, I think that his story... Um, I just really loved his journey. I loved his approach to it. You know, it's not just a typical quote unquote stereotypical trucker, but somebody that went in f- to it with a purpose of like just dis- self-discovery. Correct. I love that so much. That was amazing. And next we're going to do our shout out central. Shout out central. We had some great countries joining us this week, um, just as always. So we had Canada. Hey, Canada. United Kingdom. Of course, United Kingdom. UK, the Queen's listening is what it is. Yes, she is. Um, that's the one person that did listen in the UK. Yes. Uh, Spain. Hey, Odele. <laughs> did you say Odele? You meant Ole, right? Ole, Odele. No, Ole. What's Odele? Don't know. <laughs> it's like a slang term for like calling like, hey, what's happening? There you go. No, but that's in Spanish. Like, Well, Span- Spain, from Spanish. Mexico. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ireland. Ireland. Australia. Hey, good day, mate. <laughs> and this week we had joining us back our friends from Indonesia. Indonesia. Where is Indonesia on the map? And Indonesia's over in like the Pan Asian area. Like Oh, uh, by Singapore or kind of Yeah, like off of those areas near China. And then not to forget, we had a fantastic listener base from the United States. Of course, because we are in the United States. Yes, we are. And speaking about being in America, some top cities we got is Lenexia, Kansas. Lenexa, Kansas. Uh, Belleville, uh, is it Belleville? Belleville. Belleville, Mississippi. Oh, no. Michigan. Michigan? Oh, I'm reading this all wrong then. Belleville, Michigan. Is it? I'm so sorry, (laughs) Belleville, for screwing that up. Michigan. Um, Missouri. Missouri? Michigan. Michigan. M-I is Michigan, honey. Oh, gosh. I'm I'm so, man. M-O is Missouri. M-S is Mississippi. So, Belleville, Michigan. Got you. Thank you. And the next one, we got Grundy Center. Grundy Center happens to be in Iowa, Ooh. and I don't know what, what they do in the Grundy Center, but uh, I don't know how they got that name. That's pretty cool. I like it. Okay. Next up is Alpharette, Georgia. Woohoo! I think I know who that is. Yeah. So what thanks a- for listening to our friends from Alpharetta, Georgia. And last but not least, we go over to Tennessee for Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. I have to tell you something about Knoxville. What's up, baby? My very first boyfriend ever. What? Come on now. Lives in Knoxville. Lives in there now or he used well, to? Well, I may have like looked him up a couple of years ago to just see like where in the world is he. Do you think he's listening? I don't know, but he's a dentist in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, really? Yeah. I met him my freshman year of high school at church camp. And then like two weeks after, you know, every girl gets like, well, not every girl, but I was the girl that got a boyfriend at, at church camp. And then. Was that allowed? Were they like. Um, kind of, but he was from <laughs> Santa Maria. California and then like two weeks after we got together his family was relocating to Knoxville Tennessee um actually was it Knoxville or was it Greenville I think it's oh he he moved it to Greenville I think he moved to Greenville and then he moved to Knoxville when he got older but we you know kept in touch for a couple of weeks after that but then shortly after you know we were high schoolers and his mom got on the phone to me and said, you know, I'm really not comfortable with my son having a girlfriend. So consider, <laughs> oh, wow. consider this. Are you me. like a bad influence? No, I was so sweet. But she's like, consider this, um, you guys breaking up. And I was like, but Wait, does consider he... this breaking up. And like, I she said, like formally said, this is what we're doing. You're was... breaking up with him. He can't have a girlfriend. And 
I was so and devastated. He didn't. He, he didn't, didn't. That, he no, didn't. he wasn't allowed to talk with girls. He wasn't allowed to date. And wow. like, he sent me a letter. Like, I'm so sorry. A letter, huh? Yeah. Uh, like old snail mail. I said, I'm so sorry. I never wanted to do that. That wasn't my choice. But my mom says that I can't have a girlfriend. And How old was this guy? We were in high school, freshman. We were going into our freshman year. We hadn't started our freshman year. So like eighth grade. Okay. Wow. Okay. So there's your story. Knoxville. Left my heart in Knoxville. Sorry, Chris. I've recovered now. What's his name? John. John. Thanks for listening, buddy. (laughs) We appreciate that. And we thank everybody for listening. We appreciate you for listening. Yes, we do. And we will be back next week with another fantastic episode. Is that right, Christine? Yep. See y'all next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right, forget about the ones who don't, and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward.